0: now we'll have experts agencies and professionals give us step-by-step instructions you can easily implement what you're listening to will be actionable steps you can do today no strings attached and then you will see the results so without further delay let's get into our Monday morning marketing episode Hey, Stephanie, so talk to us. Tell me one or a couple tactics, strategies, or thoughts we can do with insurance that you know can definitely help other practice owners out if we were to implement it today.
1: So the first thing that you really need to do is know your numbers. You need to know exactly what the insurance company is paying for your top 10 procedure codes. (laughs) This can either be done by top 10 volume codes or the top 10 revenue codes. Some of those are going to overlap. You need to know what you're getting paid. You also need to know your numbers as how much it costs you per hour to keep your office going. And then you need to cross check and determine if what I'm getting paid per hour from this insurance company is equal or higher than what it costs you to run your practice during that same hour. A lot of dentists are not even aware that they are actually paying for a patient to be in their office. If your fee schedule is lower than what it costs you to provide the care for that patient during that hour, it does not matter how many patients you have on that plan, you are losing money. And so I tell dentists on a regular basis you can either look at Facebook or Instagram or TikTok during an hour and not lose money, or you can treat a patient for that hour and you could easily just take cash out of your pocket, set it on fire and throw it into the wind because it's the same result.
0: Wow, okay. So then for the ones listening right now and deciding, all right, this is it. I'm gonna I'm really going to drop some insurance I, ultimate goal, should I just drop Delta altogether? You know? Or what do you think in your opinion, where should we start with this process?
1: I recommend Number one, a lot of people don't realize there are significant number of Delta plans out there that will pay very well out of network. I am out of network Delta. There is a large employer here that's known as our school system. They actually are on a Delta Premier plan. A lot of young dentists no longer get Delta Premier. So they're accepting 30% less than some of the, you know, old dentists like me who are used to be on Delta Premier, I actually started getting paid $200 more for a crown out of network from Delta Premier than when I was in network. And that is a significant amount of money. The patient, you know, still owes their portions and things like that. But if you have built up a loyal following, um, you're going to keep a lot of those patients.
0: Got you. So, I like that. I never knew that. You can get paid more of being out of network with Delta. Oh, in some cases, right? Right. In uh, some
1: employer plans. In my in my area, there are two major employers. One is a hospital system. Hospital systems generally have very good um, out of network benefits for their employees um, with Delta Premier. How would you, Stephanie, how would we go
0: about finding out like, figuring out like, okay, there's an app, we have corporations around. It's like an Amazon fulfillment center. There's hospitals, like you said, uh, businesses and things like that. How would we go about finding out like, okay, let's see how how great their insurance is. Well, the
1: easiest way to do it is to have a friend that's out of network in the business, you know, because they're, they're going to give you some excellent feedback. Also, there's an issue of, it doesn't matter if you know this information or not in advance, if we have a way of offsetting the the loss of those patients with another strategy. So, yes, you can find out those things. Can't find them out from the insurance companies. They don't want you to know. Mm -hmm. But other thing to remember is it's just better to figure out a way to practice knowing that it's okay if you lose some of those patients.
0: How do we get over that, like, hump of... Because I feel like that's the, the fear of a lot of people, right? Like, let's just say, my gosh, Stephanie, Delta is like half of my practice. That's or even more. If I drop them, I know for, a, for sure I'm going to be struggling and staying up at night.
1: It takes some planning. Planning is 100% required. You have to start talking to your patients. You have to let them know it's coming. You have to let them know why it's coming. And you have to basically let them know it's okay if you decide this isn't the office for you once we're out of network, but we will welcome you back if you go somewhere, find it's not the experience you expected and you want to come back. So want to be helpful to patients, want to give them some other options. Some patients have the option to switch to another plan and you just have to kind of let them know that, you know, there are still some other plans that we have that you can take or. You have an in-office savings plan. You're not going to lose all the patients because there's so many other options out there for these patients that you will retain a lot of patients.
0: Got you. Okay, so if we were to put this into like instructions or like a list, first, let's figure out the talk to your friends or talk to some existing patients, right? And then figure out, okay, if you're at a network, your company actually has, it provides us better, a better benefit, right? Right. Um, with that. Then second is, how far out should we start telling our patients, like, hey, I'm planning to drop your insurance?
1: So I personally, in my practice career, I owned my practice for 17 years. I went in and out of networks, major reconstruction of my insurance systems four separate times. And I found the best way to do it was in January of every year, I looked at my previous year's numbers and I mathematically figured out where I was needing the most money. I made a plan by February of that same year of what plan I was going to be leaving. And generally, it was based on reimbursement, not volume of patients. A lot of dentists make the mistake of, oh, well, I have the least number of patients on this plan. I'm going to drop it first. But I tell them that's actually a mistake because if you're getting paid more a patient, why would you drop their plan even if there's only six of them on the plan, doesn't make sense. You're getting more money from six other patients. So once I made the decision of who I was going to drop, we started having that one-on-one conversation with all the patients that this is coming by the end of this year, we'll be out of your network.
0: Okay, got you. So it's not like you should drop the smallest plan then, right?
1: I don't agree in dropping the smallest plan.
0: Ah, so dropping
1: the least paying plan, pretty much. The lowest reimbursing plan. Mathematically, I have come up with formulas of how to determine exactly what month you can afford to drop a plan. So let's say I'm looking at a list of plans and you've got a plan with 500 patients. I can mathematically figure out what month can you afford to drop this plan, knowing that you're going to be able to get new patients on other plans over the next few months.
0: Got gotcha. you. Mathematically, how does that look?
1: It just basically depends on what the reimbursement rates are of the other plans. And it also depends on how many new patients you're getting a month. The more new patients you're getting a month, the easier it is to drop a plan. A third of my clients are actually just getting out of their last plan. We mathematically figure, you know, managed to do it with all these other plans. Use the same techniques, you were successful with all these other plans. Um, it's the, for some reason, when they leave the biggest plan till last, the biggest volume plan, that's where it takes a little more planning because they've gone backwards. Mm, backwards in what way? In the way of they're actually, they've been attracting the lowest paying plan and accepting people on the lowest paying plan because it was their highest volume.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So they're going over, they're doing quantity instead of the quality. Correct. Gotcha. Instead of cool. reimbursement rates. Gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. So then for you, when you were doing this for your practice and when you do it with your clients too, what struggles do you normally see happen or hiccups?
1: The first major hiccup I see is when the team is not on board. Your team has to be 100% on board. Team has to all have the same message. It doesn't all have the same message. The patients are getting mixed messages. But if the team is in alignment and everybody is giving them the same message, the majority of your patients will understand and the majority of the patients will actually stay. So what
0: message should the team's message be? Like, how do you... Because I remember in the previous episode, we talked and then they kind of said like, yeah, it has to be like, uh, everybody has to be in a cohesive message. But I don't know, like I remember in the practice I used to work at, sometimes you're like, oh, we don't take that insurance. And that was it.
1: I actually always had a message for my team. We, we would even discuss it in meetings that we are not a participating provider of that insurance. However, we have many patients who come here with that insurance and they have very good benefits. And we can help walk you through how you can maximize your benefits at our office. That's the number one message everybody needs to have um, in their practice when you're leaving a plan. Do you ever see team members like fight it? Uh, yes, I actually um, can tell you an example of a dentist who it took her two years to get out of a plan because she had so much pushback from the team and it wasn't until she lost a couple of team members that she was able to implement it. I have plenty of dentists that reach out to me and they that one of the first things they say to me is, I'm working so hard. I'm not seeing the profits I should be seeing. But my team is telling me I can't drop this plan because we'll lose too many patients. And my first response is who's driving the bus? And my second response is it's okay to lose patients because mathematically you will most likely lose patients, but you will gain revenue. And so you will make more money doing less dentistry.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. So, checklist is talking to the patients, right? Making sure you find out which out-of-network places pay better uh, if out-of-network instead of in-network. Second would be to uh, talk to your patients or
1: the team first? Well, the team definitely first. Team the first. Team needs to know what the message is, how we're going to deliver the message, and how we're going to answer questions when they ask.
0: Okay. So then, and then you, you would provide that, right? Like, or, or we would have to have like already like a preset frequently asked questions just in case to always look back on role play or
1: anything. Right. 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 And, and obviously every situation is different, but there's always this similar message, Um, Mm. you know, and, and I'm not going to say there aren't some plans people drop that they end up losing. I'll give you my first plan that I ever dropped. At one point I was on 13 plans. My first plan I ever dropped, I was just angry at the insurance company. And I said, I'm not putting up with them anymore. And I dropped it with zero thought, zero preparation. I wrote the letter that day, sent it out, and it was done. I lost almost all of the patients on that plan because they're out-of-network benefits, really, really punitive. They were getting punished for being out-of-network. However, what I realized after looking at the numbers, even though I lost all of those patients, my revenues went up. And that's when the light bulb went off. So I, I accidentally learned how it works.
0: Gotcha. So when you lost those patients, did they ever come back or no? You just said, all right, they're gone and I'm going to mark it differently.
1: Um, a lot of them came back, but of all the plants I dropped, that plan, I had the most attrition. Gosh. So looking back, knowing it was a knee-jerk reaction, it worked really well. I started looking at the numbers to figure out why did this work really well. And that set off a journey for me that over 10 years, I went from 13 plans down to three, down to two.
0: Gotcha. So this is not a thing where it's like,
1: all right, I'm going to try and drop everything this year. Right. I do know people that have done that. I never personally advised that, but I do know people that have done it and, and they survived.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So then we let our team know. That would be the second thing. Kind of discuss the whole procedures with them, right? Make sure everybody's on the same boat, on the same road here, right? Uh, For the goal. And then second would be to, or third would be to start letting the patients know, right? Start talking to them
1: before you actually drop it. Correct. We have a a one-on-one sit down, heart to heart. It starts from the time they sit in the chair and we're talking about what their treatment is that day. And oh, and by the way, I just want to let you know that we're going to be leaving your your network and this is what it means to you. And, you know, we, we will do everything we can to help ease this transition for you.
0: Yeah. And then that's when you can provide various options, right? Um, Correct. For them. Correct. So they won't feel like, okay, now what are you going to do? Okay, gotcha. Awesome. That's really, really good. I never knew that, Stephanie. Okay.
1: I never knew that you can get paid more from Delta being out of network than in network. On. And, and actually there are a lot of plans that work that way. It, it, it is 100% determined by the employer's contract.
0: Wow. So you can get paid more from being out of network. That's really, really good. Awesome. Awesome, Stephanie. I appreciate your time. And if anyone has further questions, you can definitely find her in the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group or where can they reach out to you directly?
1: My website is mapyourpractice.com, but my last name is spelled M-A-P-P, two Bs mapyourpractice.com. And I have a uh, link that you can even set up a little consultation with me or send me an email.
0: Awesome. So guys, it's all going to be in the show notes below. So definitely go check that out. And Stephanie, thank you so much for being with me on this Monday morning marketing episode.
1: Thank you for having me. And thank you for putting this message out there because I think it's very helpful for a lot of dentists.
0: Hey guys, really quick reminder, don't forget to check out uh, How to Strategically Drop PPO Insurances, the course taught by Dr. Ben Burkett. Go in the show notes below and check it out. It's available in the Dental Marketer University right now. Just pay the membership fee and then from that point on, you guys have access to all the courses in there. We're adding even more courses this month, next month, and almost every single month. So we're excited to bring you guys much, much more, but go check that out. Go check out the course because I know you want to start dropping insurances And now is the time to do it. This is it. This is the motivation. This is the push you guys, I'm giving you guys. So go in the show notes. It's going to be the first link in the show notes below and check it out. And thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you in the next episode.